not what my plan was, but at least I'm on now. I will turn that off. All right. Okay, now the pain will be over shortly. Last class. We just finished up points to ponder. My flowing locks. Sheesh. Talking about Jesus. I had a I had talked to my wife about this concept. Given what we're told about heaven, what we think about heaven, okay? Fantastic place. I, I talked to the I talked to my kids about it and they said they said, What's heaven gonna be like? And you know, I and I'm trying to make an illustration that they would appreciate and I said, What's the greatest place you've ever, 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 ever been to? They said Disney World. Okay. I said, Well just imagine it's Disney World. But you can eat all you want, but never get full, but you're never hungry. You're never tired. You can walk all day long. Your feet aren't sore, and you just have all the energy under the sun. And on top of it all, everything's free. Oh, they were ecstatic. So they're looking forward to that one day. But what I talked to Lindsay about was right now. So for those who don't know, my father-in-law passed away from cancer a few years ago. And were I able or anyone able to, you know, if, if, if God walked up to him and said, Oh, hey, by the way, Norm, I have a golden ticket right here. If you want, I will give this to you, and you will go right back to earth. Your whole family, your health, you're going to live to your 80s, have a good life, see all the grandkids, la, 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 la. Get to be a great-grandfather. You want it? And Norm would say to God, are you out of your mind? No. I'm ecstatic right here. This is the best. I love my family, don't get me wrong. But I would much rather stay here with you. That's how good heaven is. You know, the story is hey, you need to hate your parents compared to how much you love me. That's, the, that's, the, that's, how, that's how much of a difference it should be. So, here's my question. Here's the point to ponder. One of the last ones I had for you. Jesus, after three days, raised Lazarus. Was Lazarus upset? <laughs> Did Lazarus actually get to, considering God knows everything, so did he Did he put Lazarus in just a slumber, one heartbeat a day type thing? I mean, he has the ability to do that, obviously. He can do whatever he wants. But did, did, do you think Lazarus ever tasted heaven for three days and then was brought back? Just something to think about. But the same same point. So she, for those who didn't hear, she said paradise is very nice as well. It's not heaven, of course, but it is very nice. It's the it's it's heaven's green room, very comfortable. And so that's where Lazarus would have been if he didn't make it to hey, he hadn't been in heaven yet. No one's been in heaven yet. As nice as paradise is, which is pretty nice, would you want to return from there? I, I would like to say no, but. Do you think he was showered with something else after the fact? I don't know. I really don't know. But it's one of those you have to ask the question of like, hey, Lazarus, yeah. Um, so we're, we're writing a story and you're in it. Kind of need you to go go back. 
I'll make it up to you. I don't know. But basically, if God asks you to do something, what do you do? Yeah. You do it. Something to consider. Okay. Jesus is on the cross. They are ridiculing him. They are yelling at him. They're spitting at him and everything else under the sun. And the one of the things that the Jewish leader said to him was, if you're the Christ, save yourself from the cross. The issue, though, that people don't quite understand with them saying that is he wasn't the one who needed saving. Christ was in Nazareth. They were about to kill him, throw him off the cliff, if you remember that. And he just disappeared and walked through the crowd untouched. Could he have stepped off that cross? Any moment, any time. Non-issue. You all needed the saving, so I'm staying. That's why I'm doing it. Not because I can't get off this cross. Okay. Final point to ponder, and this is one that's just really hard to fathom. You have two individuals with you on their own crosses. They're guilty. They know they are. One sits there and says, if you're so high and mighty, you're the Christ, and they've heard of him, take yourself off this cross and take us with you. The one says, we're guilty of our sins. He has nothing to do with being on this cross. Leave him alone. And says to Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says, you will be in paradise with me after. You heard the phrase of the saying, if I have, if, if religion is all wrong, then I've wasted my life on earth. But if not, you've wasted your life in eternity. No one, no one's ever heard that one? Is that a bet worth taking? I, not for me. The man who rebuked him on the cross, the, other, the, the thief, he had full knowledge of his wrongs and he knew he was there for the right reason. He was being hung because he was a thief. The other one knew he was and said, we're wrong, I'm sorry, please remember me. The other one was so bitter, so ugly, he's, he stayed with it to the very, very bitter end. What did he have to lose to sit there and go, you're right, this is my punishment that I deserve. But if it, you can find it in your heart, forgive me and take me with you as well. Nope. To the bitter, bitter end. I don't know how it works. You know, do the, He dies, do you, do you, do you, your soul leaves. Does one go to the right and one went to the left? And he goes, where, where is he, where's he going? Why does that look so much better? The green room looks nice over there. I don't think the green room to hell is all that great. Just my thought. Okay. Well, those are my points to ponder. The rest is more of just discussion, me talking to you, but by all means, if I say something, jump out there and shout back at me. What do we just do with all the points to ponder and spend the last two and a half months discussing the different instances that occurred in biblical history? And then my questions that I was curious about of what happened and why and what else could have been there. When we started, I prepared a statement on my hopes and goals for the class. 
when we read different accounts that occur in the Bible, I say there are a few that were just short sentences, but in that sentence, years can or a lot is entailed. But the years can pass. The Bible glosses over them, not because they're not important, but what we read in the Bible is all that was really needed. It gets the message across. However, we can take a short instance, like we said about Mary and Joseph searching for three days and finding Jesus. The Bible says they were really worried. He responds, well, where else would I be? My father's house. And then he says, then it says that he was obedient to them afterwards. They were out of their minds worried for their son. But the Bible just glosses over that. You go in a little more in-depth, you get a little more humanity thrown into that in the sake of what was Mary... This is, we know this is her son. Joseph was his stepfather, for lack of a better word, but it was his son. He raised him from birth. He was just as concerned. But the Bible just says, and he was obedient to him afterwards. How can you make your mother and I worry so much? The issue is that this is like texting sometimes. It can't, when you text it, oh, how did they mean that? Was that... That word wasn't capitalized. Were they really strongly saying no or no? No one knows. Or you can't know for sure. It just said they were worried. Okay. Screaming out of their mind, wailing, tearing their clothes, worried? Or like, well, you know, I think I'd like to know where he is. It allows us to go and dive in deeper and think a little bit more about it. Something else I'd thought about, we discussed. Some people when the flood came in the ark, you know, if, so if this room flooded, I don't know what it would be, the rocking chairs would be floating, right? There'd be other debris and other odds and ends floating, right? So back in that day, there wasn't a whole lot of, of metal chairs, I don't imagine. Stuff would be floating. You are in a flood, what are you going to do? Okay, well, I'm supposed to drown, I'm just going to glug, 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 glug. No, you're going to try and survive. So you would grab chairs, you would grab a barrel, you would grab planks of wood, you'd grab a tree, you'd grab whatever. You would hang on to something to try and stay alive. And then, the only place you see that is safety is a really big boat. You know people are in, animals are in, and safety is. What are you going to do? Alright guys, paddle for the ark. And you are going to sit there as close as you can for as long as you can Come on, let us in. Throw us a rope. It doesn't say that. Tell me that's not what you would do. That's what I would be doing. Noah and his family had to endure that for who knows how long that people stayed out there. You know that it had to be so painful and you know they relay that to their kids, their kids to their kids, the great flood and what we endured and what we had to go through because the world was that bad. Don't do it. Recall Daniel was dropped into a lion's den overnight with the intent for them to tear him to pieces, for the lions that is. We don't read that he prayed for God on the way down or just before that he would be saved or what happened while in the den. The only thing we know that didn't happen is they didn't tear him apart. Were the lions nice? Did they, did they spray him? <coughs> Whatever. Or it was like, oh, it's gonna be. Let's, we're all gonna curl up in a fur ball and 
and have a nice, nice little nap? Don't know. He just survived. Was he in the corner, shaking uncontrollably? That would be me. A lion's head is about this big. The lion is about 400 pounds. Where does a lion sleep in a lion's den? Anywhere he wants. On your lap? On top of you? Swat you to the side because you're in his spot? You're going to move. How did it smell in there? (laughs) I can guarantee you it. (laughs) Nasty. But we don't hear about that. What did he endure? That's what we were trying to expand on. However, we don't specifically know the answers because God didn't have it written down. He didn't write a lot down. Regarding Jesus alone, we know that John said in John twenty one twenty five, he writes, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written to contain them. How many miracles performed by Jesus would we need to read about, and for what purpose would we need them actually being written? Okay? Count them off with me. Let's see. Water to wine. That was the first one. He healed a leper or two, right? Gave sight to a blind man. Healed a woman who was bleeding. Helped a lame man to walk. Ain't he even healed people nowhere near him. He just said, go and it will be done. Children, adults. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. And as we discussed earlier, he brought people back from the dead. So my question is, what more do we need to read about to know Jesus was Jesus and that he had amazing abilities to qualify him as God. But the Bible mentions he did more so. So what do we get to do? We get to imagine what he did. We can guess all the different things of, oh, the man with the withered hand. So we know about that one. Did somebody... It was... This is mildly comical, but remember, if you remember, this is dating my age here, in Star Trek, they went back in time with the whales, remember that one? And some lady was on dialysis, and and McCoy gave her a pill. He goes, what are we in the dark ages? And the next thing, you know, she's being wheeled out with doctors all around her going, I grew a new kidney! You think Jesus healed somebody from cancer? How about somebody missing a leg... All of a sudden, they're walking. Possible? So many different things, and they weren't written. They're not in here. They don't need to be. The ones I just listed off, that's enough. That's it. He raised a man from the dead after three days of death. Raised him. They said, don't open that grave. It's going to stink. He was rover dead. And Jesus said, move it away. I got this. See, the point is, well, we get to dwell on Jesus, and he's our Lord and Savior, and all the different things he did, and we're thinking about him, 
thinking about his love, thinking about his kindness for his children. Every single one wasn't some guy or some girl or some kid. He knew them. He knows them. He loves them. And he loved them at the point knowing they were hurting. It wasn't going to be anything that we, because the Bible is written for people later. I mean, it had to be written for to be read after, to be influential after. Right then and there, he needed to influence them at that time. I needed to read about what I needed to read about. So some guy getting his leg fixed and put back, you know, all of a sudden he grew a leg. That's fantastic. Is that going to trump that he raised someone from the dead? Gave a blind man sight? They're equal. This is ridiculously powerful. I don't need to hear them all. But it's nice to know that probably happened. People were saved and cured from stuff that we just wish today that was so easily done. I mean, how many people do we know that we have? We have in our bulletin people to pray for for cancer. How many would we love to just sit there and, and pray and it's done? And all of a sudden that, that box is empty. I'd love it. The points that we did ponder were a screenshot of what the Bible wrote. My view, Tammy, you can, you can argue with me if you want, but if you've seen this, back in the day, the, 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 a Disney movie or otherwise will sit there and they're flipping through the storybook and it's still pictures. And then they get to the part where we're going to start the movie. And it flips and color enters and the border starts coming in here and movement starts happening and the movie starts. We get to dive into and picture ourselves what it was. So there's the ark just sitting. All of a sudden, picture goes away, and it's bobbing. There's debris. The rain's still coming down. What are they doing inside? What are they hearing outside? A little more vivid. A little more there. I don't like cats, so I really didn't like Daniel in the lion's den. I really don't like the smell of cats. I really didn't like Daniel in the lion's den. I don't want to be on the water for a year. He was in that thing for a year. That had to smell awesome. A year's time. And then it's just the eight of us. That's it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's more than eight here. Can you imagine that? You see, every bit of the Bible has purpose. And it's written through man by God. We can all agree on that. We don't question it, and we won't question its origins. See, the argument has been tested and tried. We have theories in our world. We have the Big Bang Theory, theory of general relativity, the theory of evolution. They love that one. We also have laws in our world, law of thermodynamics, law of gravity, Law of gravity. Here's some fun. If gravity were just slightly more powerful than it is, the universe would collapse into a ball. Slightly less powerful, it would fly apart. We wouldn't have stars. We wouldn't have planets. Gravity is precisely as strong as it needs to be. If the ratio of the electromagnetic force is the physical interaction that occurs between electric, electrically charged particles, that's fun to say this morning, 
to the strong force, which is the force that binds protons and neutrons in the nuclei of atoms, if that was not 1%, life wouldn't exist. It would just tear apart. We discussed Powerball uh, uh, lottery odds. What do you think the odds are that the, er- the universe would be that exact? The precision of the universe lets at least make it illogical to conclude there's a creator or allows it to be brought into the conversation to one who doesn't believe when it is that exact. Back to the Bible. The book we read and live by is not a theory. It's law. It's fact. People argue that. You know, theory is considered law after it's been tested thoroughly over time by many, many individuals who can't prove the theory to be false. Think about it. Since the Bible was put together and created for everyone to read and put in form that everybody could read, you have all the detractors. How many people want to prove the Bible false? There's a way to do so. It's like, well, this is just this is this is just a cult. That's all it is. Except there's too much proof in here that it's not. It has been scrutinized to the nth level. It's full of fascinating, fascinating events that are unimaginable. The flood, the Red Sea parting, that had to be incredible. Do you think someone threw a fish hook into the side? I would like to think, no, they should be running for their lives, but just... That's a fish. That would be wild. The plagues of Egypt. I do love this one. An old man, in a robe, wearing sandals. Most likely, I wasn't there, but wearing sandals outran a horse-run chariot. That's impressive. We have a talking donkey, not from Shrek, and a man lived in a fish for three days, and his name was not Geppetto. Although, you think of some stuff, hmm, where did the movies get their ideas from? We have phrases and idioms in our culture that originate from the Bible. I had fun looking these up. We have the writing on the wall, Daniel the fifth chapter. How about this one? When you go into your kid's room and you wake them up and you say, Rise and shine. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Oh, you need to stay away from him. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Matthew 7.15 I don't know. I don't know who decided that. The powers that be. Romans 13.1 Well, whatever. I'm always going to go the extra mile. Matthew 5.41 I got away by the skin of my teeth. Job 19.20 Oh, just get it over with and give up the ghost. John 19.30 
this book has so much between its covers. So much worth exploring and allow us to expand our minds over above and beyond the majesty and glory of God and all he did and does for us. It is my hope that some of what we discussed has inspired each and every one of us to look further at the Bible and strive to study more and learn the guide our lives should follow daily. That really is all that I have. I have enjoyed studying for this. I've enjoyed being able to present this. I have enjoyed the the discussion, the questions, the smart remarks, and it is something I look forward to again one day. But uh, if you have any thoughts, criticisms, questions, or otherwise, I would ask that you bring them to me. I'm more than happy to discuss it with you. It's been my honor and pleasure to be able to bring and present a class to you all. Have a great morning, and I will talk to you guys next time.